0: Welcome to Sit Down with Sky and Preston. I'm Skyler. And I'm Preston. And we're here to discuss difficult or controversial topics while standing up for the principles taught in The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We're not experts or historians, but we hope our life experiences and insight will be helpful for anyone who's doubting their faith or struggling to know how to stand up for the gospel in a fallen world. All of the views expressed are our own, And they don't represent the church as a whole. We'll have weekly episodes every Tuesday with the both of us discussing various topics. And then every other Thursday, I will interview individuals or couples with relevant life experience. Uh, If you think what we're doing is important, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or like and follow us wherever you're listening. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to today's episode. All right. I am here with uh, Richard Osler. Um, some of you might know him as Papa Osler on social media. He runs the podcast Listen, Learn, and Love. Um, thanks for being on the podcast, Richard.
1: I'm glad to be here, Skyler. Really excited for your podcast and the work you're doing, and I hope more connect with it.
0: Thank you. I'm also excited. Um, it's definitely a, a new world for me. I'm used to being behind the camera, but This is fun, too. (laughs) Um, Just to kind of give a little bit of context to our listeners. um, I'm sure many are familiar with you and and your work. But would you mind just giving a brief two to three minute, um, you know, background who you are as a person? um, And then we'll go a little bit more into the podcast and why you did that. So just a little bit about you.
1: Sure. I'm a married um, father of Six children, um, several grandchildren. I'm 60 years old, so I'm getting up there in age. I'm really old for social media, but I was a YSA bishop um, about five years ago and had priesthood responsibility for a couple gay men. It was the first time I really listened to gay people tell me about being gay, and I just felt an impression from Heavenly Father to um, let LGBTQ people define them. for me versus letting straight people, not to say straight people were all wrong, but I just felt if I were going to see LGBTQ people as Heavenly Father saw them, I ought to listen to them. And I just have done a lot of listening. And gradually, as I was released, felt impressed to step in the space as an active Latter-day Saint and somebody who's trying to amplify the voices of LGBTQ people. Um, So I eventually wrote a book and started a podcast and my social media platform is is really dedicated to amplifying the voices of lgbtq latter-day saints in an effort to um, help us help listeners understand more about their unique journey and also to bridge bridges and bring us together the same human family
0: great um and what is what's your background as far as um work things like that. You don't really have a background in, in media per se, do you?
1: Good question. I am, I own a small business owner and we do marketing and advertising for Jiffy Lube franchisees around the country. We've been doing that for about 20 years and it's been a good business. We have about 12 employees and we have accounts all across the country. And a lot of ad agencies have lots of different clients within one geographic area, but we've decided to really specialize in um, Jiffy Loops around the country and have really become what we call a foxhole partner where we understand their business and okay. kind of working side by side with them. So that's what I do professionally. Okay. And so I'm still I, Running that business.
0: Gotcha. So I guess there's a, a little bit of crossover there, maybe the there advertising is. world.
1: Yeah, I remember starting a Facebook account um, for this very purpose to better understand how social media could work in um, our, on that world. Um, but so there is some crossover.
0: Cool. Um, if, if I'm remembering correctly, um, I should have clarified with Amanda before this, because she's the one that keeps track of our history and our things that we do. Cause I, my memory, I, something happens and I immediately forget that it happened. But um, if I'm remembering correctly, Amanda was introduced to your social media. Um, I guess it's been a, a couple years back now. Um, it was shortly after um, our son Milo died, I believe, that she, I think she reached out to you and opened up a little bit about our story um, and then somehow with The Wire's I mean, c- connecting ourselves, we ended up coming on your podcast. What what do you remember about that whole experience?
1: Well, it's been a while. Um, I remember Milo and I've loved the way you two continue to honor Milo on social media um, and celebrate he, he's gone, as your listeners probably know, but he's not gone. Yeah. And so you've really taught me a lot about how to support families that have lost a a child, a newborn, and I love the way you honor him. And there's pictures of, you know, you and your wife and Milo. And so that's a part of your story that's always really resonated with me and touched me as I better understand how to support couples that have lost a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course um, you told your story, if I remember correctly, and it's been a few years and we could find that podcast episode number for your listeners about, um, your journey in a mixed orientation marriage. And that is a space that um, I really didn't understand. I may not completely understand it, but just for your listeners, where I came from is the only stories I knew of people who were, one, were both weren't straight um, is that those marriages generally failed. And then I started to do podcasts. And I wrote about this in the book I wrote with couples in mixed orientation marriages. And it was Strongest rebuke of the spirit I've received in this space um, because these marriages are often healthy, valid, real, authentic. And your pinned tweet, um, I'm going to read it for your listeners <laughs> because I love it so much. If you're expecting or even rooting for a marriage to fail to affirm your world vo- view, first of all, rude. Second of all, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And Your listeners understand this. And obviously, Skylar, I'm speaking for you to your own listeners because you should. But I just have learned, listeners, that, you know, to be authentic and be gay and be a Latter-day Saint, the world will tell you one way to walk that road. But through personal revelation, you can find your way to walk that road. And Skylar and Amanda have a wonderful marriage and a wonderful life together. And when they were doing that podcast, I felt that about them. And I continue to um, have full confidence their marriage will succeed. And we shouldn't look at their marriage just somehow less authentic or less valid or less whatever. Um, That's just not fair. And it adds to the burden of others. So that's a bit of a tangent to your question, but just um, something that I've learned and I wrote about in the book for your listeners that aren't aware of a book called Listen, Learn, and Love. Embracing LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. It's a desert book and Amazon. It just tries to, it's not too much about me. It's just lots of LGBTQ stories are part of that book. Um, Things that I wish I knew 10 or 20 or 30 years ago, so I didn't make the same, some of the mistakes I made and would have done a better job of lifting others' burdens versus potentially adding to them with my uninformed opinions.
0: Well, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and I know that when we came on your podcast, we we got to know you a little bit and felt the spirit of your home, and um, we yeah just talked talked frequently about how much we admire you and and appreciate what you're doing. Um, and I I'll be honest, I have not had the chance to read your book yet, but it's on the list for sure. And and I would um, encourage anyone else to to go look at that.
1: Yeah, and for your listeners, that's episode two forty three. Um, recorded roughly a year and a half ago. So it wasn't quite as long as I thought it was February, of 2020. Um, that's kind of right before COVID, you know, if we went back to February, of 2020, Oh, wow. Yeah. Certainly changed that between timeline now, between then and now.
0: Yes. That, that was more recent than I, I thought. I, I thought it was sooner after Milo had died, which was in August of 2019. But um. You mentioned just a little bit about this earlier, but I wanted to go into a little bit more if you don't mind. Um, You said you had a prompting to um, listen more to LGBTQ members. What was the process of taking that um, that inspiration and then turning it into a podcast? And what you know, what was about that process? Like, why did you decide on the
1: podcast? It's a good question. I had to do um, a lot of self-reflection while I was a YSA bishop, and I would read scriptures like um, in Nephi, where it says, um, to diligently seek the mysteries of God will be unfolded to you by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm paraphrasing that, but that was a scripture that helped me say, well, LGBTQ people are kind of a mystery to me, but by diligently seeking and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I can better understand and and then I just, because I did something, what I call scutters, I just wiped my hard drive clean to use a computer term. I recognized that I didn't know what was accurate within me, you know, and by the time you're 50, you have a lot of opinions about a lot of things, especially if you're male.
0: <laughs> I can imagine.
1: I, just, I didn't really know what I would picked up in my life that was accurate or not. And so I just felt a spiritual prompting to wipe my hard drive clean and start from scratch. And so that was just, it was just sort of aching to be programmed the way I thought Heavenly Father would want me to see His LGBTQ children. It was a deeply spiritual thing, but it also was a little painful at times as I learned to set aside things that I'd earlier concluded. And that was sort of the repentance process, in a way, as, as you let go of things that you had held on to to understand more current and accurate information. And sometimes that's a little uncomfortable And I learned to sit with being uncomfortable. And I'm not saying at the finish line listeners, I'm still learning about lots of spaces. Um, But I started as a YSA Bishop to post kind things about gay people on social media. Um, And that's not something that a YSA Bishop usually does. But what happened to me was fascinating because no more gay men came out to me or gay women, but straight YSAs, um, I think they concluded, well, if he's going to say kind things in that way about LGBTQ, he can handle what um, I need to talk to him about. It's a great principle of ministering. When we're um, sort of proactively kind to all of God's children, it creates a feeling if we're a parent or a local leader or a friend that people can open up to us because they know we're safe. And isn't that one of the greatest um, opportunities we have is to be able to be with somebody in a safe way? Um, To continue to answer your question, I gradually, um, as I was posting on Facebook, the only platform I really knew, my son-in-law said, well, your Facebook posts are too long. You ought to just record them on a podcast. And I started doing that. But then quickly, I got the impression that this shouldn't be about me. It should be um, a chance to amplify the voices of others. So I think by episode four, I had the first gay guest on the podcast, and maybe we're in the episode 400s, and most of the guests are LGBTQ or parents of LGBTQ members. And, and, my, and that's just, you know, I privilege is a word that Brene Brown taught me about, is what do I do with my privilege? I'm kind of the bullseye Mormon privilege or LDS privilege with my station in life. And I just felt like I'm going to use that privilege to amplify the voices of people that have less privilege. And right now, sometimes that's LGBTQ people. And that's just, you know, it's all a labor of love. I'm in a position in my career where I can self-fund all this. There's all the royalties in the book are being donated to a foundation. So it's just part of your, to your listeners, what I feel is my baptism covenants to bear mourning comfort. And I'm honored to do this. I'm kind of going on now on you, Skyler. I first thought I was supposed to kind of rescue LGBTQ people like the Good Samaritan, but you know, listeners, LGBTQ have rescued me. They have opened my heart and taught me things about the gospel of Jesus Christ and um, compassion, empathy, and kindness. And I, I am growing in significant ways because of the LGBTQ people in my life now. I want to be careful not say that LGBTQ people exist so that straight people can become better. Um, but, you know, I don't want to sort of, that can be a negative sort of spin on what I just said. But I'm so grateful for the LGBTQ people in my life and the things they've taught me. And I go to Paul um, quite a bit when I think about this, the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, that you and your listeners probably know, but it's talking about all bod- parts of the body of Christ are worthy and needed. And I don't think we can create Zion um, in Latter-day Saint congregations without the LGBTQ members that feel impressed to come out, to feel like they belong and are needed and are valued. And we look for them for contributions they can give to help us become Zion or the body of Christ.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's something that I've always um, admired and, and you know, looked up to your ability to, you um, Make everyone feel that they belong within the church, because obviously that is the call of the gospel of our leaders, um, and it's a complicated it's a complicated issue to address um, the LGBTQ issues within the context of the church and of our doctrine, um, because obviously we we do have doctrines that um, conflict with um, a lot of you know, desires of LGBTQ people, um, gay relationships and things like that. Um, and that's something that with our, our podcast and, and me generally, um, I do stand up for those truths, you know, found within the, the, the principle of the doctrine of eternal families. Um, and that's a a tricky thing to balance when you are wanting to be accepting and loving of everyone. So how would you say you have found the balance or what is your process for balancing um, these doctrines that are incongruent with um, a lot of the choices our LGBTQ brothers and sisters make while still showing them love? How, how, How do you balance those two things?
1: It's a great question, Skyler, and I'm glad your podcast exists and you're asking these questions because a lot of Latter-day Saints have the same question and want to go to faith-affirming spaces to have those questions talked about. We need to learn to have these kind of questions discussed in our families, and the walls of our church. Um, they're topics that a lot of people want to talk about, so I'm grateful you're talking about it. Um, and every faithful Latter-day Saint may come a little bit to different conclusions about this, why they all sustain um, current doctrine and aren't campaigning for doctrine to change. To be clear, I sustain our doctrine. I support and sustain our leaders and I'm not campaigning or advocating for doctrine to change regarding any issue in our church. Um, so the question is what, how do, you know, so what I do, because there are LGBTQ people that fill their path is to leave the church. And, um, I invite everybody I meet with and everybody uh, that I interact with to, to follow church teachings and stay in the church. All the good in my life has come from membership in the church and living the gospel and all the blessings that have come in my life. But if somebody feels um, their path is to leave the church, I will sort of let them self-determine, which I think is a term a therapist taught me their path. And I will walk with them on that path. I won't, invite them to go down that path. I won't point to a story of somebody that's left and say, this is how you should do it. But if they feel that's their path, um, then I will I will walk with them. Not and, and that is vocabulary that works for me. That doesn't mean that I'm going to, I mean, it just means that I'll support them in the best path forward that they think is their best path forward. And I will just what I believe is the teachings of Christ. I will love them, I'll support them, um, and I'll just be there for the key important events of their life. If they choose to be in a same-sex wedding, I would go to that same-sex wedding um, and be there at the key events of their life. Now, there's faithful Latter-day Saints that would say, "Uh, that's a line I'm not willing to cross. That would be something I'd be uncomfortable about. And I would say, that's fine. You know, don't feel like one faithful Latter-day Saint doing something in this space makes you feel like you're less loving or less faithful. It's just complicated. So I'm just sharing how I approach that. I have had couples and same-sex marriages on my podcast. Some would say, well, you're a faithful Latter-day Saint. Why would you have somebody not living the teachings of the church on the podcast? That's a fair question. And I do that because I want, it's kind of Elder Cook's quote that I like. It's unity and diversity. And I like the idea that we we can find common ground even in our differences. And I think our heavenly parents, yeah, they want everybody to stay in the teachings of our church, but they also want people that are living different lives and on different paths to try to get along as best they can. Um, One podcast in particular, Two Men in a Same-Sex Marriage, I asked them, do you want your active Latter-day Saint parents to leave the church with you? And they said, "Of course not. They love the church; it brings them joy and happiness. We would never want them to leave the church." And I thought, I thought the grace they were extending back to faithful Latter-day Saints that wanted to be in the church was perhaps the same grace we should extend to them, um, as they feel that's their path, and leave judging to heaven to our Savior and His perfect understanding. Now, somebody may be uncomfortable with that, but that's just. You know the way I'm navigating this very complicated space.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that, and I I um, appreciate the the nuance that you're able you know able and willing to go into with this issue because it is one that requires a lot of nuance and um, we do have different opinions and and I would agree with you. I I think I'm at the point where I, um, you know, if if there was someone in my life who decided to be in a, a same sex marriage and and they had a wedding. Um, Amanda and I have talked a lot about a lot about that and we feel the same that we would attend and we would support them and and show them our love because it's I think it's a little bit hypocritical if if we're teaching love and acceptance and um, you know the doctrine of Jesus Christ which is um, inclusive in its nature, um, while you know there are, strict guidelines that we abide by, it it is meant for our our ultimate happiness. So I think it. um, while we're preaching these things, I think just a a barrier is immediately put up when we are unwilling to go, I I guess, support people um, in their efforts, even if it's something we um, don't believe in. um, Because how how are we supposed to coexist right there with that barrier put up? So I appreciate you going into that. Um, what other thoughts did you have um, that you wanted to go into about that?
1: Um, I love what you said, and it's just complicated. So condone is a word that I wrote about in the book. It's a word that means a lot of different things to a lot of Latter-day Saints, but most Latter-day Saints don't want to do anything to create a feeling that there's that they're advocating for something outside the doctrine of our church. So they wonder how to navigate this space. And one of the most obvious examples, would you attend a same-sex wedding? And um, I wrote about it in the book, and one one, uh, mother of a gay son wrote about um, the idea of attending um, a a friend who's Catholic infant baptism. And most Latter-day Saints would say, yeah, I'd go to a friend (laughs) um, infant baptism And I might even post about it on social media, and I wouldn't feel worried that my ward members would judge me for going to Catholic Mass. But she makes the point how our Book of Mormon, how our doctrine feels about infant baptism. It's pretty clear that how we feel about infant baptism. So she used that as, you know, maybe we can just look at that example and say, we're just being with people in the moments that are important to them. One of the podcasts they did was two men who came out of Corner Canyon High School. They were on the state championship basketball team together. And one was the student body president. After the season, he came out as gay. And his very best friend, who's straight and LDS, um, came on the podcast together. And um, the gay man um, is pursuing a same-sex marriage. And his straight friend is headed out on a mission. And I said, are you guys still friends? And they go, of course. We are great friends. Nothing changed and the gay man said, I will be at my friend's mission farewell. I will be at the front row cheering him on. I will write him during his mission. I want him to be a successful missionary. And the missionary, the outgoing missionary said, I will be at my friend's same-sex wedding. We're going to be with each other at the events that are important to each other. And I thought that I, some listeners will go, well, that doesn't, you know, I wouldn't do what those guys are doing. But I love the way that they just came together. I think the divisiveness that's in society um, is hard on all of us. And I think when our heavenly parents see us getting along, even in our differences, um, even in past, they may not approve of, um, I think it helps bring us together. So those are just a couple of examples for your listeners that are trying to navigate the space. But my general advice is don't do it the way I do it or the way someone else does. Our doctrine is based on personal revelation. Do it on the personal revelation you're receiving in your good heart to understand how best to navigate this space. And don't feel you're less loving if you don't do it like the next person, just do it the way is right for you and kind of own that.
0: I like that. And I, I like your, your emphasis on, um, how divisive things have become as a society and, um, how, you know, how many very passionate opinions there are about, especially this topic. It's kind of for better or worse. It's the topic of the day every day. It seems like I appreciate you, um, specifying that, you know, while this is your approach, this may not be the approach for everyone. And I wanted to talk a little bit about about that because there are so many very passionate opinions about this, especially online. Um, I've seen a good amount of criticism directed toward you um, from both sides, whether it is members, you know, active Orthodox members of the church um, criticizing you for uh, maybe being a little bit too permissive of sin um and i'll be honest i i've had that same thought a time or two but then on the other side um the lgbtq community um criticizing you for maybe not going far enough in being accepting of of them and their behaviors so it's it's a really tricky uh, like we've been talking about it's a very tricky topic to balance all of these things but i guess how would you respond to both sides of that criticism I just want to give you a chance to to do that
1: here. Well, my first is an ally. I'm I'm okay taking any arrows that are not directed at LGBTQ people because um, I'm just recognizing any LGBTQ person in this space has to their own story as part of being in the space. So you're in a mixed orientation marriage and in the space, and you have the added spheres coming your way of people thinking you are living your life wrong um yeah. as you know or not authentic or whatever words you you know all the things that have been said about you and your dear wife right so um that's where my whenever i take an arrow i i somehow hope that an lgbtq person um, is not taking an arrow because they have their own life to live and how they choose it whether a mixed orientation marriage or celibacy or a same-sex marriage hopefully they're not going to choose suicide um, they'll have people around them um, because they're in the, in, in the intersection of being LDS and LGBTQ that will just, you know, they're all having to live their own story in itself creates um, arrows. So, <laughs> to speak. so My empathy is always first for LGBTQ people in the space. And so I don't particularly like arrows, but, um, that can be pretty difficult at times. It just goes with the territory. I, um, yeah, I recognize as I could leave the space and no one would, no one's questioning my individual story just how I'm approaching the issue but I'm not gonna leave the space because I just feel impressed to be in the space but it's just the nature of the space and um, I'm fine being criticized on both sides. There are people um, that have left the church that thinks everybody, um, sh- that supporting LGBT people should leave the church also and that I shouldn't be paying tithing and I shouldn't be supporting church teachings and I'm harming um, LGBTQ people in the church and I'm at peace that this is where I'm supposed to be and that I'm helping LGBTQ people in the church. Um, there, are LGB- there are straight people in the church that um, feel like I'm too kind to LGBTQ people, um, and too affirming to those that perhaps feel their path is the same-sex marriage, and I'm not standing up for the doctrine of our church. And I, you know, and that if people feel that way, I'm not going to debate them. They have a right to feel that way. I, there's no way, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to like give them permission to feel that way, and and um, just do the best I can, and and know that at the end of the day, my Savior's going to judge me. And I may face some judgment for the way I'm doing this. I don't claim to be doing this 100% correct. Um, So I don't know for sure um, just exactly how my heavenly parents and the Savior will judge me at the last day about how I'm navigating this space.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for addressing that, for um, indulging me in that question. Um, Because I think it's important to to for you to address that because because I have met you and have felt the spirit of your home um I know you and your family are are such great people and it it does hurt when I when I see um I, there are a lot of you know people in my, in my circles on social media who don't lend you the grace I think that you're due and have said some pretty awful things in your direction and and I, I guess I just want to call them out a little bit and encourage them to get to know you a little bit more and understand um, your your true intents and your um, you know your quest to show that Christ-like love that we're all you know searching for. And while your efforts may look different than someone else's. Um, That doesn't mean your intentions are bad and I truly believe that your intentions are very good and, and you are doing a lot of good and positive things for this, you know, these two communities that overlap sometimes the church church members and LGBT LGBTQ community. Um, And like I said, there is a lot of, you know, there is black and white, but there is also a lot of gray area that we are. in, you know, facing together, learning through and, and figuring out. So um, I just, yeah, I just Thank wanted you. to, to, to be upfront about that. Um,
1: in, you know, this week we're recording this towards the end of July. This week was an interesting week because I got um, DMs of two baptism photos, one from South America and one from Asia of two LGBTQ investigators that joined the church. Um, Awesome. And I'll just read read what one young man said. I feel I must share this happened with you after all your work as an LGBTQ ally has helped give me the confidence, love and knowledge I needed to understand this is my church and I am accepted here. I always want to thank you for the podcast, your light in my life. Thank you for making it clear the Savior loves all of us. Thank you for all you've done and all you're doing. And he sent me a picture of him and the missionary baptizing him. Now, I don't share that listeners to sort of bring attention to me because I'm trying to bring that attention to LGBTQ, (laughs) but um, I love Elder Ballard's, the boat talk. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And we kind of talk about that in the context of wanting people to stay on the boat, but we can also talk about what can we do to, to, to communicate to people they're welcome on the boat and. And saying, consistently saying kind things about LGBTQ people um, helps investigators know that they're welcome here and that they're needed here. And um, so, yeah, I have people in my life that are separating themselves from the church um, as they move towards a same-sex marriage, and I have people in my life that are moving towards the church, and and I know you do too, Skyler, so it's just an interesting space, and I look at the doctrine of agency and just support everybody's individual agency to know the best path forward. I will invite everybody, like I said earlier, to follow teachings of the church, but also respect the agency, um, which is part of our doctrine to let people choose their best path forward. And I've always felt my non-agenda love in their life is the most helpful thing I can give somebody if... As a parent and as a priesthood leader, I thought they were pre- those, that, those groups are pretty clear where I stand with the doctrine, with the teachings, generally understand that. But I found I can influence people towards our church and towards coming into Christ with just pure love, non-agenda love. And sometimes that non-agenda love, um, it's easier for them to do a course correction if they've always felt that. They don't have to dig in their heels. They don't have to save face. They know I'm not going to say I told you so. That non-agenda love often is the thing that creates the most change in people around us as they self-select to make that change because people around them love them. And that's a doctrine of our church. So that's how I approach that, listeners. And so uh, my social media is not, you know, as I hope reminds people to keep and follow the teachings of the church, but it also is a lot about creating a feeling of belonging in that boat. And I love elder Gong's talk about the inn that he gave recently and trying to make a feeling that everybody's welcome at the end. Um, there's powerful imagery in the inn and what the good Samaritan did to make people feel welcome.
0: Thank you. Um, I, I uh, appreciate that. What, um, and and thank you for being on the podcast again and for um, discussing this with me. Just to to kind of wrap things up here, I don't want to keep you all day. Um, what is your hope as you move forward with the podcast, with um, the book, and any other future projects you have down the line?
1: Well, it's a good question, Skylar. I I. For those that are listening that are Latter-day Saints, our doctrine is so good and so unique, but we understand that we all lived in the premortal life, and we all chose the same plan, and we're all spirit children of heavenly parents. And if we can take that mindset to mortality um, and see everybody as the same human family and keep that perspective in mind in our Differences with politics or differences on all the different things in society right now that are potentially dividing us. That is my hope is that if we keep that perspective intact and see everybody as literally our spiritual brother and sister um, and really own our doctrine, the beautiful restored doctrine that we're here for a season um, and we're going back to our heavenly parents and, and see people that way. Then I hope we can come together. I do love this concept of unity and diversity. Um, that we weren't all meant to be the same. That's part of mortality. I think unity and sameness is the low bar. If we just surround ourselves with people that are just like us, our same race, our same political view, our same religion, that is, we can be really unit, unit, unified in that group. But I think the higher bar, where there's more healing and more hope and more learning. Is unity and diversity, and we take the, and I think that's what President Nelson is trying to teach us, especially with um, racism right now, um, and to eliminate that from our lives, and at all the different things potentially. I need to eliminate in my life so that I can do a better job of bringing us together, as the same human family. So, um, I love this idea. I'm going to leave with a quote if I can find it, really quick. Elder Uchtdorf gave a quote I really like. He talked about um, we can, this is Elder Uptor from a 2012 world training. We can block the growth and knowledge our Heavenly Father intends for us. How often has the Holy Spirit tried to tell us tell us something we needed to know, but couldn't get past the massive iron gate of what we thought we already knew? So I think it takes a lot of humility um, to get past the massive iron gate of what we thought we already knew about people that are different from us. A different political party, a different faith, that have chosen a different path, that are LGBTQ, um, and I think what our church core doctrine is is to is to learn from each other and and do things that bring us together, as the same human family. So that's my final thought for you, Skylar. And I just am glad you're doing this podcast and all of your great work. And um, really love you and Amanda.
0: Well, thank you. We we feel the same, and I appreciate you. Coming on here and being upfront and, and honest and and very um vulnerable about this topic that can be so difficult to to navigate. Um I, I appreciate your your efforts as well and and what you're doing. And um, like you mentioned, we have we all have different you know, paths to follow the the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are there are set things that we must do, but there are a lot of um, different gray areas that we, we have to navigate. So I appreciate what you're doing as well. Where, um, where, where can our listeners find you on social media? Where can they purchase your book one more time? Give us a little bit of information on that. Yeah. I mean,
1: please listen to Skylar's podcast before you. Listen to mine, but, um, My book's at Deseret Book and at Amazon. It's called Listen, Learn, and Love Embracing LGBTQ Latter-day Saints. And you can find me, Richard Osler, or Papa Osler on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.
0: Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for being on and um, best of luck to you.
1: Thanks, Kyler. Thank you for
0: listening. If you have any feedback, suggestions for a topic, or you want to ask a question that we can answer on the podcast, you can email us at sitdownwithsky@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Consider sharing this episode with someone you think would find it helpful. And don't forget to follow us on whatever platform of choice.